Shabbos Hagadol. What is it that makes it so unbelievably Gadol? So let's trace what Shabbos Hagadol is all about from the ground up. The first Pesach observed by Bnei Yisrael and Mitzrayim, in a sense, began on the 10th of Nisan, when they took possession of the lambs for the purpose of the Karpen Pesach and tied it to their bedposts. That 10th of Nisan corresponded to Shabbos, this Shabbos, Shabbos Hagadol. The Medrash, as cited by the Torah, continues to explain that there was much gumption and gut displayed by the Jewish people when they took possession of the Lamb. Because the Lamb was the Avodah was the idol of the Mitzrim. And the Jewish people took it with impunity to slaughter, and yet the Mitzrim were not able to protest at all. They were totally mum, feeling incapable of voicing any protest. This is called, says the Medrash, a nace gadol, a great miracle, which is the source of this Shabbos being titled Shabbos HaGadol, the great Shabbos. Notice that this nace gadol, this great miracle, is not commemorated by its calendar date on the 10th of Nisan, but rather by its day of the week on Shabbos. And this can be explained based on a well-known teaching of the Zohar regarding Shabbos, that Shabbos is the Makar HaBracha, is the source of blessing for the entire week, which ensues afterwards. That if you want to know what a week is all about, go back to its preceding Shabbos, and therein you will find its secrets contained. So Pesach, which would occur this very week, its meaning lied in the Shabbos, which came before, when this Neskada, when this great miracle occurred. The, rendering the Mitzrim mum, unable to protest, is the seeds of the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which followed over the course of the ensuing week. And the question is Why? What is so impactful about this miracle of the Mitzrim's inability to voice any protest to the sacrifice of their gods, the lambs? After all, no law of nature was broken the way we find concerning other miracles of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, whether Makas borrowed with its emblazoned hail, or Makastam, when the delectable waters of the Nile were rendered lifeless blood. Well, this miracle of simply the Mitzram's inability to protest would seem to pale by comparison. And yet Shabbos HaGadol, as we developed it, seems to be highlighting, no, that herein lies the essence, the true meaning of redemption. The key is to understand the nature of evil. In reality, evil, i.e., the supposed notion of a counterforce who can oppose the goodness of Hashem, 
is really a farce. There is Hashem at work and Hashem alone. What seems to be evil is merely a step in the implementation of Hashem's larger master plan, which will ultimately be good. Now that truth will only become apparent at the end of days, when the whole spectrum of history comes together, coalesces in something beautiful. While we are still on this journey and living the process, evil seems real. A force of evil seems real wreaking much harm. But what we need to know is that this notion of a supposed counterforce of evil is really a delusion. And hence, at the end of days, the moment of reckoning, we are told, the wicked wickedness will evaporate like smoke i.e. it will be exposed as nothingness. It was smoke. It was smokescreen. Just an illusion. Just a delusion. There is no powerful counterforce of evil. There is nothing opposing Hashem. In the moment of reckoning, the dragon is not slain. He just melts away to be nothing. This is the meaning of the Nes Gadol, the great miracle, when the Mitzrim were not able to utter any word of protest when B'nai Yisrael took their God to slaughter. Here we have the Mitzrim rendered so voiceless, so inept, due to all the miracles of the Makos and the like, that they themselves felt powerless. Not only unable to stop an Yisrael, but unable to display themselves as a resistor at all, as a voice of resistance. The power of evil as in Mitzrayim, those who once seemed so powerful and tormenting to B'nai Yisrael, were now exposed to be nothing, nothing at all. This can be compared in modern parlance to the bully phenomenon. We all know that the bully seems tough and powerful. But in the moment of reckoning, when the victim stares him down, the bully is displayed to be a coward. Nothing at all is deflated to be nothing. And it is at that moment that the, that the victim experiences true healing. So now we are beginning to appreciate the power of this scene. The power of this Neskadal in Mitzrayim, when the Mitzrayim were exposed to be voiceless, unable to protest at all. There is no counter force of evil. This is a whiff of Achris Hayamim, the end of days, when we are told And there is an actually a splendid proof to this understanding that Shabbos HaGadol is capturing some whiff at the end of days in the Haftorah we read to Shabbos HaGadol. It describes the Geul at the end of days when Eliyoh Hanavi will come. And in the second to last verse, 
it describes the great awesome day of final redemption is coming. Note that the Haftorah not only speaks about the end of days, but it use, utilizes that word gadol to describe the end of days. Which has such an echo, such a ring on this very Shabbos, which is called Shabbos HaGadol. It is unmistakable that calling this Shabbos, Shabbos HaGadol, is dovetailing with the Haftorah, which speaks of the end of days, as a Yom Gadol. That in the Nase Gadol, in the great miracle of Shabbos, HaGadol, the Mitzrim's inability to utter a peep, Chazal are seeing some sort of foreshadowing of the end of days, and now we understand why the revelation that there is no counterforce of evil, exposing evil to be nothing, is what this miracle is all about. And herein lies the power of the revelation of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. Hashem Achad, there is only Hashem, there is no counterforce of evil. And herein lies the power of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, literally translated as leaving Mitzrayim, leaving the force of evil, leaving the tormentor and experiencing Cheres. This is the healing which the victim feels, which B'nai Yisrael felt. When the bully is exposed to be a coward, to be nothing at all, there really is no wicked witch. And hence, the tormented one is now healed and freed. Herein, in this miracle indeed, lies the secret of Geula, the meaning of Pesach, which ensues in the week which follows. I want to segue and move on to one final dimension of Shabbos HaGadol. Aside from the explanation which we developed till now, that Shabbos HaGadol is marking how the Mitzrim were rendered mum and voiceless that Shabbos when the Jews took the carbon Pesach, Tosfus gives another explanation. Tosfus explains that based on the Medrash, that when the Jewish people took the carbon Pesach, that Shabbos HaGadol, and it became apparent everything which would happen on the Seder night over the course of the week, including Makas Bechorus, the plague of the firstborn, while the firstborn Egyptians were not too happy. They knew what they were facing. Moshe had a good track record, after all, with these Makos. And when now there was the projection of Seder night, including Makas Bechorus, they knew what they were in for. And they insisted to their elders, free the, the B'nai Yisrael. And their elders refused. And the Medrash explains a civil war therefore ensued when the Bechorim killed their own fathers. And this is the miracle of Shabbos HaGadol, the Egyptian civil war. And the question is, why is the Egyptian civil war so significant as to be commemorated? It would seem like a footnote within the story of Etzias Mitzrayim, albeit a fascinating and a dramatic footnote, but only a footnote within the story. And here it is commemorated each year. And according to our explanation of Shabbos HaGadol as the Shabbos before Pesach, which contains the secret of Pesach, which follows, this miracle now is propped up to be emblematic of Pesach itself, the Pesach which follows over the course of the week. And the question is why? What is so significant about it? So, the key is to understand the overall nature of Makas Bechoros. 
Hashem said, B'ni b'cho Yisrael, the Jewish people are my firstborn son. And therefore, Paro, let my son go, the Jewish people go, or else I will knock out your firstborn. This is not simply a midah connected midah. Measure for measure, you start up with my firstborn, the Jewish people, so I will start up with your firstborn. But it's a powerful display of Hashem's care and protection of the Jewish people as a father. Because we all know a parent protects their child zealously like a lioness protects her young and says, you dare not lay a finger on my child. And we can imagine a parent saying, you lay a a finger on my child, I will knock your child out. Well, that sort of visceral imagery is uttered here by no less than Hashem himself in a provocative display of his loving care of the Jewish people. So here we have, in Makas Bechoros, taking out the Bechori Mitzrayim, a cementing of Hashem's fatherly love to the Jewish people. As the firstborn Egyptians were knocked out, the Jewish people in turn internalized the power, the boying feeling of being Hashem's firstborn child and being protected as so. This is brought to life by a powerful medrash, really an unbelievable find, which I discovered in the medrash to Helen, which says how many Egyptian firstborns and parents were killed out in the above-mentioned civil war? 600,000. Now that number, 600,000, cannot be random. It unmistakably evokes the 600,000 heads of family who left Mitzrayim. And clearly the Medrash is drawing an analogy here to the 600,000 Mitzrim who were knocked out in the Civil War to the 600,000 Jews who left Mitzrayim. Why? Because the meaning to this Medrash, this entire Midrashic perspective about the Egyptian Civil War is to augment the overall understanding of Makas Bechoros, the Jewish people taking solace in the Hashem's protection as their loving father in contrast to the Egyptian children who are being knocked out without protection from their parents. So much so that their parents are not only not protecting them, they are actually fighting with them. There is an utter corrosion of the general, generational relationship amongst the Mitzrim to serve as a counterpoint of distinction to the loving parent-child bond, which we Jewish people have. Both on a human level, the loving parent-child bond as displayed in the season each year at the Seder and Begada Tovincha, and in turn what that says about our Father in Heaven who loves us. Powerfully brought to life in the counter distinction 600,000 Fathers, fathers and sons felled on the Egyptian side to 600,000 Jews who celebrate the parent-child But This too has a magnificent clue in the Haftorah, this understanding that the nace of Shabbos HaGadol points to the parent-child bond of the Jewish people. Because the final Pasuk in the Haftorah of Shabbos HaGadol speaks of the end of days when the Heishiv the hearts of fathers and sons will be drawn near 
all the ill family dynamics of parents and children who don't understand each other and all the broken hearts of such family dynamics, well, those broken hearts will be stitched whole again. Families will be brought together, fathers and sons. This is no longer a random pasuk read in the Haftorah of Shabbos HaGadol, but captures the message of Shabbos HaGadol as we've developed it from Tosus. It's all about the power of Jewish parent-child bond, ultimately reflecting our parent-child bond with Hashem. So taken all together, both the explanation, the first explanation of Shabbos HaGadol, the nais gadol of the Egyptians rendered mum and voiceless as the Jews took their idol, exposing the bully Mitzrayim to be a coward, to be nothing at all on one hand. And the second explanation, Shabbos HaGadol marking the corrosion of parent-child bonds for the Mitzrayim when fathers and sons fought each other, how that in turn points to the power of Jewish family-child parent-child bonds, the very message of Pesach, and the very message of Hashem's love for us when he takes us out of Mitzrayim. It is abundantly clear what the Gadol of this Shabbos is capturing meta-messages of Pesach.